Well, this podcast is recorded in a house with animals, at least uh, four of whom were in this room a very short time ago. I was being stared at for stared at by four cats because apparently I hadn't fed them at the time of their liking. It's a concern. And there will be possibly dogs, uh, no chickens. Chickens are all tucked in for the night. Oh, did you put the chickens away? I put the chickens away. Did Strong Independence stay in the enclosure this time? She hadn't decided to leave yet. That's the important thing. We'll probably talk a minute about that uh, when we get to the next bit. But first, remember that we swear a lot. Do we ever. So much swearing. And there will be some content warnings before we get to the interview this week, which I'll also talk about in just a moment. Oh, hey, here's an orange cat now. Anyway, welcome to Productivity Alchemy, episode 109. We are about to go on our two-week summer break. Yes. We are going to Worldcon in Dublin. Woo, Dublin! I'm excited. I haven't been to Dublin. We're planning at least one excursion into a UNESCO heritage site, World Heritage Site, so I'm excited about that. Kevin's uh, travel bingo now is basically World Heritage Sites. I really, it's, it's, I, I just, it's not like Pokemon, but I, I kind of, kind of is. I kind of want to see how many I can, I can see uh, before. Death? Yeah, that's a, <laughs> there's a good spot there, yeah. Before I'm no longer able to travel. Yes. Um, so there's that, which means that for work, I'm trying to wrap up a, uh, a project I've had going on, or not really a project, but an issue that we wanted to get into this milestone, and also starting all the prep work, like I'm staring at two cans of instant protein drink on my desk that came in today, so that I have, because I like to keep instant Protein drinks, and these are not like for making massive gains and building the muscle bra. Uh, these are much more along the lines of I'm a diabetic, and it is important for me to have things along in case my blood sugar drip drips. Yeah, my blood sugar drops, and so and I'm finding that protein shakes are awesome for that, and so I, I tend to take instant protein shake, just add water, shake, and drink uh, with me on most trips now. Cool. Cool. I uh, went looking for my suit for the award ceremony, realized I couldn't find it after tearing the closet apart. I really need to clean that closet, but I decided this was not the week I was going to do that. And Good call. Good call. I furthermore, decided that, God damn it, I was just going to wear a sort of sport coat thing and dark yes. jeans because all the dudes get to wear that so i will too and i'll fancy it up with a kilt and my shirt with the chicken patch on the back the, the sequin big, chicken the sequin chicken yes yes my uh my kevin is my arm candy at these events always and always. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and um, honestly i have dressed up fancy for many events and now i am increasingly to the do it if you want to do it and you enjoy doing it, but I don't enjoy doing it. It just makes me sort of neurotic. And right. I would, since I'm just going to have to sit there for hours sweating and uh, waiting to see who I lose to. 
<laughs> yeah, it's a rough field. It's it's the thing is it's it's for awards it's actually it's awesome because once you're sort of free of the concern of winning, which to a certain extent I kind of am, I have two <laughs> Hugos. As I say, they're not Pokemon. I don't need to collect them all. <laughs> uh, when you're nominated, it's just an incredible honor to see who the field thinks you can stand on a stage next to. Like some of the oh, other yeah. the names, you're like, my God, people think that I deserve to be lumped in the same breath with these people this is incredible my because these people are so cool uh, amazingly cool uh, and all of them are just awesome storytellers yeah so we'll be excited to uh, see the winners and go to the hugo losers party and yes you can boogie down with like i don't know probably not robots this probably time probably not although. no <laughs> leprechauns we'll see if there are leprechauns i'm sorry uh, everyone in ireland who's listening may now like uh, you get one free punch on kevin when he comes right. to visit your city that's right uh, <laughs> that's the best i can offer right now and free stickers i i will have the productivity alchemy promo pack with me which is a bag full of stickers and business cards right now uh, and that's that's basically it. I yeah. that was uh, I I have just been working this week and and I haven't even been panicking about the travel because I'll be honest, uh, Tibet kind of broke me. Uh, right. My opinion now is like I can wear jeans and t-shirts. Most of the places will be climate controlled, and they'll have Western style toilets. So, and I'll speak the language in most, you know, I, uh, I, I can, like, I can <laughs> work with, not, yeah, I can work with not speaking the language as long as I've got Western style toilets. This is something I've discovered. Uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's, I'm really very, very sort of chill about that. I'm, mm -hmm. my objection, I'm not afraid of the fact I'm traveling to another country so much as just, the, oh, God, all the prep work for going away for a week is, right. and right. then being back for two days and then going away again. Right. We'll be at Bubonicon the weekend after yes. Worldcon, and that's why we take a two-week break is because I'm going to need it. I don't know about you guys. I'm not going to have time to prep episodes. I mean... I had okay. an astonishing spurt of productivity and wrote all the hidden almanacs. Yeah. Yeah. And unlike... During Tibet, where I had a whole bunch of stuff in the can, and I still need to update the links on one of those episodes, so that I could just come in, do a quick, hey, we're gone, here's an interview, I hope you enjoy it, kind of thing. I have to focus more on the, oh, hey, I've got a whole bunch of hidden almanacs. It's not that I necessarily couldn't do it, it's kind of like a, a, a weighing where I want to put my energy right now. And, you know, you, you get to have some time off. Yeah. It's cool. Now, I did have a question for you. Oh, okay. Shoot. You had talked this past weekend about a packing list or a prep list. Did you, in fact, do that? I made a prep list that said, find a suit, get suit cleaned, and then neither of them were applicable. Oh, well then. And the packing part is easy. And so Yeah, I don't really need a packing list anymore. Mm -hmm. I'm yeah. uh I'm it's I count how many days I put in a pair of underwear for each day, <laughs> uh a t shirt mm -hmm. for each day, and then like an extra 
for every other day and however many jeans I'll think I'll need. And then yeah, uh, then I just throw in toiletries and ta-da, I'm packed. And you, the same as I do, have pretty much an entire second set of toiletries. Yeah, I, I just have a toiletry kit that I check to make sure I didn't raid it for either toothpaste or deodorant at some point and yeah. uh, throw that in. It's it, I'm kind of an old hand at this anymore. And the thing is, there's so few things that I need that I can't get there. It's I've come increasingly to the, if I have my passport, my wallet, my phone... And my medications. And your bills, yeah. <laughs> then everything else I can deal with. And I've had to put this to the test. When we uh, went to Finland, mm-hmm. they lost my luggage. They did. And I was like, okay. And I have the Hugos tonight. Great. Uh, that's lovely. Uh, and a very a dear friend of ours, Haley, took me clothes shopping. And I picked up some stuff. And... Uh, Fortunately, my suitcase arrived like five minutes before I had to run out the door, but mm, it yes. was, I was like, you know, it's, it is what it is. We can, we can make it work. I, I can find t-shirt and jeans just about anywhere. And honestly, I still have that pair of jeans. It was a really good pair of jeans. Uh, and apparently I have a Finnish ass. Who knew? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, before I go into- Look, for some of us well endowed in the posterior, the, uh, the yes. cut of the jeans is- is very important. Very important. Well, this is true. And I forgot to... Did those jeans have real pockets? Uh, they had adequate pockets. And in fact, speaking of jeans, uh, I'm going out to lunch with a friend tomorrow and I'm going to pick up another pair of jeans because I'm like... Uh, week, week is a long time. Mm. I have like... Three pairs that I know are good, but then who knows how much laundry I'll get done on the way back. I should pick up one more just in case, you know. Oh, I'm totally going to be doing laundry, like, the Tuesday after we get back. Oh, like a fiend. Yeah, I expect so, but, Because I I won't have any underwear left with which to pack for the next trip. (laughs) Yeah, but still, I've been starting to feel the pinch of... uh, I am down to, like, three pairs of jeans I really like, and... Uh, I have, like, a lot of really good jeans, but they're, like, cold weather flannel lined, and so I can't, uh, the Wolverines that I completely live in during the winter, I can't live in during the summer, so. No, 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 not at all. At least my my Carhartts um, seem to hold up well, and I plan on just buying Carhartts from now on. Uh, I have good luck with the Lane Bryant. Mm. Um, the although it's the usual thing, whenever they change a style or whatnot, I have to try them on and make sure that the women's size is consistent again, because it's been a year or whatever. Uh, I have been going back and forth with a, a local place who was being very kind about ordering, you know, this new brand of women's <laughs> yes. work pants. And work pants, and I got the, the. I'm like, I really like this. I'm going to need the next size up. They got me the next size up. I'm like, and the next size up was, let us say, not made for those of whom Sir Mix-a-Lot wrote. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> I will not link to the video. I'm sorry, folks. <laughs> of which I am definitely one. Uh, so ordered, you know, the next size up. And if you're female and in this, this, 
society frequently you feel the pang when you go up a dress size because it's just you know society tells you if you're fat you're worthless and i'm like damn it i know this is not a referendum on my self-worth this is a referendum on the fact that women's sizes are not consistent god they're terrible across brands at all but Men's men's aren't that much better, especially when I found out that the one brand I will of, come over there and beat you senseless with okay, a shoe. Men's are a lot better. Uh, <laughs> Thank you. Right up until I found out that uh, the brand I was buying before was vanity sizing. Yeah. And that I was not in fact a 42, I was a 46. And that made me grumpy. Yeah. So I mean I live with it. Uh, right up until I found out that the company was actually quite terrible, and then I stopped buying them and pretty much got rid of all the jeans I bought from them and started replacing them with Carhartt, who don't suck. Hound, Hound, what have you been into? Um, you are covered in mud. Well, it was... I don't know what she's been into recently. I know what she was into before... I, I left. Is she actively damp right now, or is no, she just it's dried, crusted mud? Oh, yeah. Then it's it's from earlier when she spent a couple hours outside and didn't want to come in. Oh, hound. So there's that. Anyway, so yeah, prepping for travel, uh, working, yep, uh, getting stuff done. It's it's just been very nice, and I'm looking forward to getting back from all the travel and not having any, and just being able to work. <laughs> Like, settle into my nice, productive rut and get all the stuff done and write five books simultaneously. Which is which is your most productive state. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I, I've been tracking my word count again. I fell off the wagon for a bit there, and it was – and it sucked. I was starting to feel bad. And so I started up again, and it's like, yeah, I'm, I'm writing 1,000 words, 1,200, 1,700 a day spread out mm -hmm. across four or five projects. And, yeah, that's – I have the luxury of being able to do it because all of my deadlines are very far off at the moment. Finally. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so it's really nice because it's, it's the preferred way I'd like to work. I will have the time and luxury, hopefully, to do it. I, I am just actually kind of waiting for the shoe to drop to discover that I am not, in fact, allowed to do this <laughs> and I need to go attend to some crisis or other. So – Oh, sounds about right. And yeah. in, in my case, it's a uh, very kind of good cadence now. We've got our, our milestones and our releases every few weeks. I'm on call every three weeks. We're scheduling around things because I will be out of the country for a chunk of the next one. So we're going to uh, shuffle. We're shuffling around for that. But Overall, it's it's nice. The next big thing I have after all this is Cassandra Kaw and I are presenting at All Things Open in October. So we'll have like... Finally, it can be said. Yes, they finally announced last week. I think I said something about it. If I didn't, but anyway, they, they announced. I'm able to talk about it. Uh, we'll be talking about storytelling, uh, storytelling 101 or storytelling for engineers, as I like to uh, subtitle it. And... I'm really excited about not only presenting again at All Things Open, but having Cassandra as my co-presenter because you want to talk about someone who writes some awesome stuff. and Oh, mad storytelling chops. I know, I know. And it's going to be a lot of fun, I hope. 
So we'll have more details on that as it gets closer, but that's like, I have a whole month of, I don't have to go anywhere. I don't have to do anything, um, in terms of travel. I just get to get nice and comfy in my rut with my podcasts and my work and my animals, and it's going to be great. Yeah, it's, we do so much Mm, and uh, travel wise, we travel a lot more, I think, than than the average, certainly. Yes. And I don't regret traveling, but... Not in the least. It's, it, it is, I mean, you've heard me complain about it plenty. And in fact, a <laughs> <laughs> my editor, uh, the novella I just put out, Minor Mage, which, uh, you know, it's just a little novella. It's fun. People are enjoying it. It does have two feral hogs, although not 30 to 50. Uh, has... Uh, <laughs> My editor comes back, um, uh, KB Spangler, and is up. This is like the fifth book I've edited for you so far. The theme of which is travel is exhausting and horrible. <laughs> and I'm like, what? Really? Like, yeah, uh, cat. Yeah. She's like, you, you. I'm not saying it's bad. It's just every single one of these <laughs> books, they're traveling somewhere, and travel is brutal. <laughs> Like, oh, yeah, you're right. That is a recurring theme. We got Clockwork Voice, mm-hmm. Wonder Engine, Sword Heart. Really, they're just going up back and forth along the same stretch of road three times. Uh, right. So. And at one point, they're just like hanging sort of lampshades on it, going, if I have to see that in again, I'm going to buy it. <laughs> <laughs> or burn it down. I don't know which. Uh, so it's it's coming out maybe maybe after like four or five months at home, I'll be able to write the uh, staying at home book instead of the uh, everyone is on the road forever book. Right. I'm I'm looking forward to some time at home. Uh, and then like I have one trip in November for, for work and the Dorsai and then I'm home until New Year's, Woohoo! which will be great. It'll be really nice to uh, to be settled in on that. Thinking of settled in, one of the things that I've been doing more of is cooking, mostly inspired by the sessions we've been doing with Dino on the show. Thank you, Dino. My uh, my no longer eating at Taco Bell three times a week thanks you enormously. <laughs> the other thing is that uh, I found myself uh, editing last week, ordering things and going, man, and when it comes in, Ursula's like, why did you get an air fryer? This is the one Dino recommended. She's like, well, if Dino recommended it, and then it's wonderful. You air fried the sweet potatoes and they did not suck. They did not suck. Uh, whole sweet potatoes, uh, I want to say 45 minutes at 400 degrees in the air fryer. And, oh my God, the crispy skin peeled right off. It was amazing. They, they were really nice. Yeah, so... We could honestly... I'd, I'd probably want two sweet potatoes for a full meal, but we can do that anytime you want. <laughs> Although, uh, starting, I believe, next week, your teenager returns and we can no longer do the two, the, the bachelor lifestyle dinners. But on the flip side, I've been collecting recipes that I'm going to be trying. So I'm, I'm upping my game between the Instant Pot and the Air Fryer. Uh, I'm adding some tools to my arsenal, and it's because of this conversation that we're on the third and final week of with Dino. Before we get to this week's talk, though, I should warn you, aside from the fact that we are both sweary as hell, 
because my New York comes out and Dino's in Jersey, New York, so that happens. Uh, but this week, uh, we talk about poverty, food security, corn, preppers, Tibetan politics, American politics, immigration, and Christianity. So those are your warnings, guys. Uh, corn. corn. Corn is a warning. I grant you, when I talk about corn, it probably should have a content warning because I will, <laughs> if you get me suitably drunk, uh, I will start raving about corn like like a, a street preacher. I know. Denouncing and- the great Satan. I am and not. I admire corn so much. God, I'm sober and I'm doing this. Right. Corn is an astounding, unbelievable display of plant breeding, and there is probably nothing <laughs> that any modern plant breeder will ever do to match the genius of a bunch of people in Central America thousands of years ago, because they committed one of the greatest acts of plant breeding, uh, selective breeding ever witnessed. Oh, yeah. I mean, it. this isn't just like turning a wolf into a chihuahua. This is like turning a wolf into a parakeet. It's unfreaking believable uh, And now we treat it with such disdain. Number two, you right. know, commodity corn is just dumped on the ground in piles. It's it's wasted, and and you know, yeah. if there is a corn god, he is completely degraded and has gone mad. And I, that, I yeah, uh, we'll that, write that book someday. That came up. Dino says specifically in the interview, sorry guys, spoilers, he wants you to write that book. He can't wait for it. Oh, the it Corn God book. Yeah. Yes, I. it's it started. <laughs> so there you go, Dino. It started. And we're going to listen to the rest of the conversation right after this. living in new york because you're one of us i well i did i lived in new york for two years i know but the the problem is that i i hate being in that much of a crowd of people i love to visit i love the city i love jersey i i love all that stuff i love the food i love being able to just walk out occasionally and be in chinatown and get whatever it's just that after about a month i'm ready to kill everyone (laughs) <laughs> and there's there's like this breaking point where like if i hear that fucking guy across the street honk his fucking horn one more time i'm gonna take a bb gun and i'm gonna start shooting out his his yeah or that goddamn street preacher who cannot shut the fuck up on the subway no less like where oh, i don't have an escape and i hate you right now i i got i got i got those guys I got those guys. Uh, we were, one of those was happening, and I just sort of mumbled under my breath in the crowd. Man, I thought this was a no witnessing car. <laughs> and that just boom. That just like it. Everybody else started to break down, and he was just like, oh. he he knew his his audience was lost. Um, 
Oh, uh, you know, I went off on a couple of them, right? Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure there was because a... I am who I am. Yeah. And this guy was ranting about fire and brimstone and God knows what else. And I was like, you're a cunt and I hate you. <laughs> there was there was the guy who used to notice I'm saying used to walk up and down Fifth Avenue from about uh, Central Park South down to about, I want to say, 58th Street. Yeah. With just a bullhorn. And all he would say is, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. God, 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 God. Jesus. That was all he would say. Him, not not so much of a problem, mostly amusing. Because he, for it was almost like he was chanting it, it, it could fade into the background. The, the guys who stand up there and, and do the fire and brimstone and, yeah, those, the, aside In from, the subway. You're in the goddamn car. There was the guy who who got on the car the one time and uh, and was like, In John 537, you must remember the Philistines 1219. And I'm like, fuck, I didn't bring a Bible to cross-reference this with me. <laughs> like, his whole preacher was, his whole, his whole spiel before he moved to the next car was just, you know, uh, here's the verse, here's chapter and verse, chapter and verse, chapter and verse, no context around it. Like we would already know what he was talking about. And I'm like, okay, this, this is a new way of doing it. And I didn't realize I needed to have like my quick reference with me. Yeah. But yeah, no, I know what you're talking about. The magician that used to run from world trade to, uh, I want to say times square on the E train, uh, uh, Fridays at rush hour. That guy was great. And I miss him. The, not the one who did with the puppets. The other one. The the one who would actually who actually had like doves and rabbits. Oh, I never seen that guy. Yeah, I he used to run from World Trade to whatever. This was twenty five years ago, so he's probably not doing it anymore. Remember, I lived in New York ninety four to ninety six, and that was twenty five years ago. Um, twenty three years ago now. Just kill me now. Like. I know, right? But so, so I love, I love that. But then I, I love to visit. I love. There were so many things, but the day to day where I wake up in the morning and I let my dogs out back and I can't see my fucking neighbors and no one complains that I have a rooster because they're all two fucking acres away from me. <laughs> also, they probably have roosters too. Some of them. One of them does. Yeah. Uh, the guy next door actually he keeps bees. Oh, nice. So the, his bees are coming over and, and pollinating Ursula's garden. Can we talk about how important the bees are? Uh, we talk about how important the bees are all the <clears throat> fucking time. Um, like, yeah. Stop with the insecticide. Like, let the bees fucking live. Right. Or, or, or at least if you're, you need to use, if you need to use an insecticide, use something that isn't going to kill every fucking insect around. Like yeah. there are, and I'm putting this in air quotes, but there are natural insecticides that aren't designed around the idea of, I don't care what the insect is, it will die. There, there's, right. you know, things that have been used for years that are, that, yeah, okay. Um let me back Nicotine that up. Nicotine is one. Nicotine is one. But let's let's let me back it up real quick and let's <clears throat> let's just accept something. Mm. It's okay if not every single last plant survives to the harvest. Yeah. It's okay if you have an ugly fucking tomato. Right? Or an ugly apple. Or you know what they do with the ugly 
ones that they that aren't pretty enough to sit in the stores, they peel them and they make them fucking canned apples. Yeah. Or they put them in the dog food and the cat food. And by the way, dog food is human grade because everyone knows people are eating it. Um, (laughs) It is required by there are laws around why dog food has to be human grade because they know people are eating it and they can't stop it because not. I thought that was cat food. Yeah, no, cat food's actually pretty terrible for you, and they don't put the same controls around it. If you have to eat a cheap pet food, eat the dog food, because it's all human grade. Um, Cat food tends to be higher salt and a different nutritional thing, because cats are fucking carnivores. Dogs and humans are omnivores. Yeah, no, cats are obligate carnivores, and any vegan who's feeding their cat, like, vegan cat food, fuck you. Yeah, no, yeah. Also, fuck you. Yeah, no, the, there's the, the carnivore rescue around, and there was a group who was like, oh, we want to adopt one of the tigers. We're like, that's fantastic. This is how much it'll cost. But we're only going to do it if you're going to feed the, the, the tiger vegetarian diet. Yeah, keep your fucking money. Yeah. Because that, also, no. die in a fire. Yeah, fuck you. Yeah. No, that is that is actively harmful. God, what was it? Uh, Futurama. They're like, here's a lion we, we raised on a vegetarian, on a vegan diet, and the lion's just fine. The lion was like, ugh crawling out and, yeah no there there are specific nutritional things around it and and uh, uh cats anything that is an obligate carnivore you don't want to, to eat meat yeah but you don't want to eat the same sort of diet they do because you are not an obligate carnivore and you will yeah. get the scurvy and you will have the problems <laughs> dogs dogs are are much more omnivore the way we are dogs i watch my dogs eat fucking blueberries i've seen dogs eat poop oh well no yeah apparently poop is delicious but no like my dogs <laughs> apparently i don't know i've never eaten it but my I, i'm watch i watch Lacey go out there and she's like oh there are fresh blueberries i'm i had to like eat a whole bunch of blueberries last night at right 11 o'clock at night just standing by the bush because it was the only way i was going to get the blueberries before the dog ate them um <laughs> oh my god but yeah um yeah so anyway uh Human, uh, dog food, human grade, cat food, not. I forget where all that started. I don't know. Something about food. Something. Well, the whole thing (laughs) has been about food and cooking, and we've been doing it for like four hours and nine minutes now. (laughs) What the actual fuck? Yeah. So this is, so this is, this one's going to be two episodes. There's no way I'm going to put this as a single episode. Please split this up because nobody needs to hear me in their ears for four hours. That's not okay. I think that's why we did the first one as two episodes. I think the job hunt, we managed to keep ourselves under control. Uh, we do. Not really well, because that was also three hours. Was it? Okay. Well, anyway, so we'll, <laughs> we'll do, again, multiple episodes, gang. Um, by the time you're hearing this, this is the second episode. But every time we do this, somebody's like, oh, my God, I love Dino. Please, more Dino. So, <laughs> you know, our, our four hours of rambling that is going to be cut out because there were breaks and there were... There was a yeah. spot where I had to go out and get the get my tea, which I'm just excited to be making when we're done with this. <laughs> also chickens and also other shit happened. Oh yeah, yeah. And and the rooster's already complaining because he's he's like, dude, it's it's time for that next one. And uh and I still have to prep dinner. It's like so four fifteen. I still gotta make food. Let's, yeah. Let's talk about some easy ways to sort oh, of yeah. Sort yourself out for mm-hmm. dinner over the week. Oh, yeah. Um, what I'll do is that I'll buy 
oh, sorry, yeah. I'll have delivered <laughs> a bunch of produce um, for the week. So like potatoes, um, fucking dark leafy greens, yeah. broccoli, cauliflower, whatever the crisis it is. And, and, and we did shame those people who are like, oh, you should do it on a Sunday. I actually do do it on a Sunday. Right. Um, what I do is that I'll cook everything like almost three quarters of the way through mm-hmm. um, and keep it in the fridge in little boxes. And what happens is that during the week, I don't have the energy to make a full blasted meal. So what ends up happening is that I'll take the pre-boiled vegetables, um, throw some spices into a skillet and, you know, fry them with whatever. Um, like I make the garlic confit. I make the, and to be honest, I also saute the onions for ages. So like I will chop up a five pound bag of onions and let it saute for, you know, two, mm-hmm. three hours because it's going to take some time to really like let them do the magic. Get to get to yeah, past sweat into caramelized. Yeah. I want caramelized. Mm-hmm. And so like, it's a couple of hours, but it's fine. Yeah. Um, then what I'll do is that I, I also buy canned beans. Mm-hmm. I also have rice. I also have pasta. I also have like all this other shit. Yeah. And during the week I'll, decide okay maybe today i want soup mm-hmm. so we're gonna throw in some of those pre-sauteed onions um and some of the garlic confit oil or right. some of the garlic from there um and then i can dump in a bag of frozen veggies and i'm done yeah no no there's 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 it's 15 minutes there's a lot that can be done that way now uh, i like the dump and goes mm-hmm. where um like there's a uh uh the stroganoff we just did yeah i just did it's like yes brown the ground beef crumbled like wait okay stroganoff with ground beef look it's a quick and easy go right look i thought it was from Felix. anyway (laughs) i can i can do like that's that's one of the things you can do in advance by the way if you're a meat eater is browned ground beef you can do like three pounds of that and put it in bags and it keeps. And put it in the freezer. Put it in the freezer, yeah. Do them in one cup increments so that, mm-hmm. you know, you don't need all of it at once. Right, right. Like it reheats easier. Yeah, but like, um, like yeah, so brown the ground beef, crumbled, or your vegan crumbled, whatever you want to do. Yeah. Can of, um, a can of condensed cream of mushroom soup. soup. That shit is magic. <laughs> let me tell you right now. Um, it's 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 Lutheran binder. Yeah, it, it is. But then, you know, it's like you, you throw in the ground beef, the soup, um, onions, garlic that you probably browned with the ground beef. Um, they say brown with the ground beef in the, on the saute function. You can still do that in advance with the whole thing. Um, and then water and noodles. Okay. And then what kind of noodles? Like the egg noodles? Just egg noodles. And you just close it up and you push go. Like, I think it's something like three minutes under pressure. Wow. Like three to five minutes under pressure. Like nothing. Right? Just dump it all in. And then when you're done, you stir in the sour cream and it's done. Nice. Like cheap, easy, fucking amazing. And, and nutritionally balanced and yeah, like yeah. you're not eating ramen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which is what I'm... I, I, now, look, look, let us not disparage ramen overall. 
Right. Okay. Ramen, a, a cup noodle, not just ramen, but cup noodle in general in China is possibly the most universal thing I saw. Yeah. It didn't matter where we were. It didn't matter what class of person they were. Hot water is always available. Right. All over the fucking place. And cup noodle is always available. <laughs> I, I was watching like well-dressed businessmen shoveling down cup noodle in the airport. And then, nice. you know, mean, and then in Zinning, there's a guy, he's obviously poor. He's not necessarily living on the street because they don't necessarily do that in China. But like, you know. Wait, what do you mean? I mean, at least not in Zinning in the public areas. You you don't have homeless people. Wait, um, what? <laughs> yeah. What do you mean there's no homeless people? I mean, well, one, China is a communist country. If you want to live in a house, there's a house. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. You you realize that the, the, there's this big thing in about why are the Chinese building empty cities in the middle of nowhere? Because they know in five years, they're going to need that space for the population. And rather than have uh -oh. overcrowding and whatever, they've pre-built the city and they can just say, everybody move there and they have to. And they will. And they will. Yeah. No, there's, there's, uh, there's, you are not homeless in China, except perhaps by choice. And sometimes even then, um, you know. They'll take that choice away. Yes, exactly. Uh, you're, you're not. Um, there's, it's, it's like, yes, you are buying food in China, but food is not like a commodity is, is not a, a commodity. Yeah. It's not a commodity. Like anyone can go out and buy any one of three or four dozen different kinds of dirt cheap cup noodles. Like, yes, there are people starving in China. I'm not, you know, uh, there's, there's food insecurity everywhere. On the other hand, they're taking huge steps to change that. Like building farms in the middle of the Tibetan plateau, mm. you know, um, say what you will about the Chinese occupation of Tibet. And there's a lot to say without getting into the politics. China is still making huge capital investment and improvements in Tibet, despite what they're doing to the Tibetan Buddhists. And in some cases, the Tibetan people, they're still applying things like we can show up and build a farm in the middle of nowhere that will produce food in the middle of a, of a high desert to keep people fed. Wow. Right. Yeah. No, it was, uh, we're, we're driving through and there's just <coughs> rows upon rows of greenhouses out in the middle of nowhere. Um, uh, not that's amazing. Yeah. Because, because they can, right. Because they have that ability and that idea that, our people need to be fed in order to be productive workers in order period. to, yeah, period. So like food, in it's not in order to be productive workers. They just need to be fed. Yes. Yeah. No. Um, the, the biggest thing about the, of the places we were in China, the biggest thing I saw about food insecurity was possibly nutritional. Okay. Right. Um, in rural Tibet, um, Yak is the staple food. Right. Right. Vegetables are a little less. Um, well, because it's hard to get up the mountain. Right. Well, it's hard to grow them in the, on the mountain or whatever. Um, so you eat a lot of dried yak. 
and a lot of yaks too. And a lot of like, if you, there was actually a question, no one's vegetarian or vegan here. No, none of us are vegan or vegetarian. And they're like, good. And then the next thing I know, here's the dried yak penis. Uh, Right. Well, it was very greasy and discs about yay big and and about, you know, but I wouldn't recommend it as, as a, as a staple. It's sort of a delicacy, but still the point is, the- I've eaten a lot of penis, but like it's never been creepy. <laughs> well, it probably also wasn't dried. Thank God. Yeah. So anyway, the, the, the whole the whole point. God, we're gonna need that content warning this time. Speaking um, of the bottom warning. <laughs> yeah. Right. Um the whole point is though that that there is there's a big push into making sure that at least a base level of food is available to everyone, if not free, so cheap that it's it's negligible. Um, that I'm, you can sort it out regardless of how poor you are. Right. And I'm pretty sure that there is – that uh, while there is poverty in China, I'm – it is not the it is not poverty at least from my observation people are probably going to tell me i'm wrong right but in my observation poverty in china is not i am so poor i'm going to die of starvation because right. i literally can't buy food it's poverty in china is much more of a uh i can't uh, buy good food i'm i'm a subsist subsistence farmer i am i'm able to make just enough to make sure i don't die Oh, uh, Kevin, right. have you seen the um, uh, A Bite of China? No. It's a documentary series um, produced by the Chinese people um, mm-hmm. for the Chinese people. Uh, a Bite of China is on the Amazon video. Okay. Um, it's fucking gorgeous. Like, it is food porn to the next level. There was, there was, uh, I think, I, something similar to that was running on the, one of the, um, uh, national tvs flights we didn't watch tv like a lot of the places there was a tv but we didn't bother why would you because well one because we were so fucking tired and the other is that um i mean we don't watch tv at home why would we watch tv in a foreign country right right i mean if it's not streaming we don't watch it um but seriously check out yeah, yeah, yeah. but i think i think something similar to that was on one of the flights because every single and that was that was the other thing, all right? Every single flight they fed us. Yeah, it was airline food, but it wasn't like, yes, you're going to get two cookies and if you're lucky a cup of coffee. No, like even even the hour flight, they there was an, a proper meal service. Of course there was. Right? Um it it wasn't the greatest meal service, but I didn't really see anyone turning it down. You know, and there's a, there's a cultural thing there about there is food we should probably eat it, and there's yeah. also a lot of small meals. Like they looked at us funny when we weren't eating five or six times a day when we were staying with the Tibetan host family, and it wasn't a, a reflection of hospitality. It's that you know we appreciated that they were offering us food all the time, and that a right. a cup of of hot water was always available. And if it, you emptied it, someone was there refilling it because that's fucking hospitality. Thank you. Yeah. Um. But uh, constant there's a, there's lots and lots of small meals, at least in the in the rural Tibetan area, because it's not they're called uh, dot hearts. Yeah. 
because uh, it's not because you're not going to find food in another 15 minutes. It's because you don't, unlike the Western thing, you don't pile on a whole big meal and then sit and digest it. At, right. At that height, digestion is a luxury. <laughs> is that? Oh, my God. Well, so we'd have a meal and we'd have to have a nap afterwards. Oh, my God. Because... 20%. The oxygen was really thin up there. Wasn't oxygen it? was really thin, and so all the blood with the oxygen was being diverted to a digestive tract. Right? And so it's time to nap. <laughs> because your body's like, you know what? If we're going to shove all the most of the blood and the work down there, we should we should just go to sleep so that we're able to process this and take all that extra energy into digestion instead of I don't know sitting upright. Yeah. Right. Um so so again, a different uh, different flavors, different cultures, different style of eating because you're at 14,000 feet above sea level versus 200. Uh-huh. Right? Um, because of, of, of different – but overall, um, the Chinese government is making it very hard to go hungry in China unless the Chinese government wants you to be hungry. You wow. can You can get the luxuries, but in terms of like prices of food – I was buying, I mean, we could buy a huge variety of fresh food or, or whatever for like dirt cheap, uh, on the streets. Um, like a couple of hundred yuan. Like we had, so, uh, remember that the exchange rate is six yuan <laughs> to the dollar. Mm -hmm. The six of us ate at a, 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 just like a little barbecue grill where you pick up the stuff on the skewers, you pick out your foods, they grill it, they spice it, and then you eat it, right? Fucking delicious. And I, I wish I knew the, the proper name of it, but I'm never going to find it in the States. Fucking anytime we saw one of these, we ate at it. 180 yuan to feed six of us. What? I thought that was just me and Ursula, Right. 180 yuan to feed the six of us. Apparently, each skewer was two yuan. Oh. Right? So you're talking like 40, 50 bucks tops. Um, yeah. Give yeah. or take. But I mean, you know, but if I'm, uh, if I'm, so like 10 yuan gets me five skewers in a place yeah. like that. Yeah. No, cheap. Like on the street. <laughs> The guys who are doing the same thing on the street. These are the people who have like set up restaurants, like by a military base. Um, I think it was Saga was where the military was where there was a military base nearby. So it was the food was definitely geared around here is stuff that is cheap for soldiers to eat. Yeah. Right. Um, but uh, you know, it was, it was ridiculous that here is a country that we think of, you know, I'm in a third world portion of a, yeah. what is, what is a first world country? They're so big. It's, they have first and second world countries yeah. in inside of all of China. Into um, the same country. Yeah. Yeah. From one end to the other. And yet, um, food is cheap. I mean, yeah. there's, it is, it is, you're not eating great, but you're not like children aren't starving because their parents can't afford food. That being said, mm -hmm. it's going to get way shittier than it is right now. Um, have you heard about the, uh, crisis in the Midwest? Yes. Oh, yeah. No, I'm completely. Uh, we're we're very aware of what's about to happen due to climate change. The fields are flooded out. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, nobody has planted corn yet. Yeah, and they can't. And corn is the biggest deal. is is the most important crop in the states. Um, right? Also, nobody's planted soy yet. Right. Because the fields are flooded out. Yeah. Yep. And 
I don't know what the fuck we're going to do because, P.S., the Chinese are now um, culling uh, the pigs Mm -hmm. because they have some kind of, like, Ebola outbreak. Yep. Um, So they're going to need to start importing U.S. pork. Right. Which which means y'all ain't going to be able to afford it. Yeah, well, we we yeah, as as the pork producing state, as a as a primarily <laughs> pork pork is like one of the number one productions Export. here in North Carolina exports. Yeah, um, that may not necessarily be bad for us. It just means it'll be harder to get pork, except for me to go to my guy who does them all on the local. Like, well, no, and only the sells to like is, that. Is that the prices have been set about a year and a half ago uh, by the commodities market? Mm-hmm. So they're not going to be able to get higher prices like they would um, right. if it wasn't already promised to somebody. So they're going to have to sell at that stupid low right. rate. And oh, yeah. People are going to. Uh, like it's gonna get shitty it it is real quick and then and then with the impact of well we're going to tariff or tax or block imports of of food from mexico yeah right do we not realize how much food (laughs) that is in our stores is from mexico and it's cheap because of that yeah right do we not realize you know how fucking important corn is or soy because that's you know everything runs on corn um, also rice is now gonna get a lot more expensive than oh, yeah. it used to be because um india is no longer part of that um safe space or whatever that it used to be um so the tariff on rice used to be something to the tune of like maybe two or three percent right um now it's on the tune of eleven percent, and this is this is something you were are very specifically, of course, involved in. Well, right, yeah, yeah, well knowledgeable <laughs> about, yeah. No, it's eleven percent. Mm-hmm. So yeah. what I used to pay three hundred bucks on is now going to cost me about a thousand and some odd dollars. Yeah, and and but this is and this is where that where the policies of that are going to deliberately make people hungry are ridiculous are so fucked. Yeah. I mean, admittedly in Tibet, we ate a fuckload of yak. Right. Not because you don't have any other choice. We wanted to, but yeah, because the primary staple meat in, in Tibet is yak. Beef is not something that happens on the regular in Tibet. Right. I mean, unless you consider yak cattle, which a lot of people do, but it's still not beef. It's yak. It's um, not. Yeah. And uh, there was mutton because uh, when you get into outside of, of certain parts, you, you get sheep and you get mutton. Yeah. But, uh, you know, uh, we are spoiled in this country. If you can think how shitty it's going to get once the corn and mm-hmm. soy crops die in the fields because they literally have not been planted. Oh yeah. Um, they should have planted back in April. Oh yeah. We're into June. Oh, I know. I mean, this is not, this is, it's again, it's something we can sort of prepare for, but if we panic over, we're not going to be able to deal with it. Right. And guess what's going to happen, Gavin? Oh, people are going to panic. Oh, yeah. I know people um, are going to panic. 
they're already starting. Oh yeah. And people are in there. People are going to get pissed. And I mean, the, we are spoiled in this country to date because we haven't had a major food insecurity event since the 1920s. Right. Right. Since the great depression, since the dust bowl. Um, and we tend oh, we're headed there and and we tend to think that oh well it happened once not that it'll happen again we like we know like in florida for whatever reason they keep building like hurricane like we've had a big hurricane and it's never going to happen again and they keep doing the same thing on on the north carolina coast those of us who have been here and aren't in it just for the money but who've lived here know there's another hurricane coming it yeah, might not and be hurricane here hurricane michael was a fucking disaster right yeah because you know, we, we're looking at not what we, you know, we're not new to the area. We're not, oh, well, I bought up this hurricane, this hurricane ruined thing cheap, so I'm just going to build on it and uh, it'll be fine. No, the next hurricane is going to knock that right the fuck down. I know it. You know it. Maybe you're in denial about it, but your next door uh, neighbor but, knows it. But we all need to be prepared for it. Right. It's fucked. And, and, yeah. and here's the fucked up thing, Kevin. I watch um, those doomsday preppers on the on the YouTube. Yeah. Um, and on, on the Netflix. Um, and I can't help, but be like, you know what? Maybe you're right. There's, there is some of that. And, um, you can get, you can do some of that without getting crazy about it. We do have everything we need to filter water. Right. For several months in, and you have food stores. And and we have some food stores and, um, you know, and like the beans, I can stretch beans. I can stretch, um, I can stretch all kinds of crazy things. Um, you can probably stretch anything. Yeah. To be um, we have local suppliers for, for some things like there, there are people, uh, you know, the farm, our local farmer's market is great. There are people who are growing corn who have been growing corn, who are able to grow corn. Like it's sweet corn. It's not industrial corn. Indus it's not the dent corn. Yeah. The dent corn is what's going to get us in trouble. You think so? Dent corn is animal feed. Dent, mm. dent corn is, is industrial corn. Like you and I know dent corn because dent corn is corn nuts. Right. Let's be straightforward. But the other <clears> thing <throat> that dent corn is, is dent corn is most of your, uh, is animal feed is what goes into making, you know, the, the corn that's in your plastic bags. That's dent corn. Yeah. Like, dent corn is the industrial stuff because it's not pretty and I can't serve it on a plate with butter and just eat it in a round. Right. Right. And that's what they use for like, uh, everything and the rest of it. Everything. Yeah. Now, corn syrup and mm -hmm. all the rest. Yeah. So, um, now, I've you can grow your own dent corn. We're not, right? But the quantities that are used in this country, huge, huge, huge impact if we don't get it. Um, that being said, mm -hmm. someone needs to keep encouraging Ursula to write that book about the um, corn gods that are <laughs> well, feeling crippled. Did you did you read? Um, uh, you mean the ones who are insane because of what's been done to, to yeah. corn? Yeah. Um, did you ever read? Chuck Wendig's uh, Heartland trilogy. No, where the the whole I part of it was that a breed of corn was put together and the corn just takes over everything, and is I have not, but I feel like I need to. Yeah, you should. You should because it's it's basically 
it's it's sort of the upstairs downstairs thing or um the the morlocks and the uh LOI from in that there's the the people who live high in the clouds and and everything is basically powered by the corn that's being raised by the people on the ground and the rich privileged people or whatever um they are are they have their own sort of problems but they're certainly reliant on the everyone else who's not on the ground who has to live with the corn and the horrible diseases because of the corn and the corn and the corn um that uh, you know so there's there's that whole thing the whole societal imbalance thing um but please keep encouraging her to write that god oh yeah yeah, yeah yeah i yeah. want to read it yeah and if you want to see something uh um also um uh the swift on security the mm. taylor swift ish uh infosec security uh twitter account um absolutely positively understands the impact of corn and how, why corn is in everything and is terrible adding note to add swift to link to swift on security yes yeah yeah um brilliant brilliant blog um everything from social commentary to why you need to better you need to better um harden your windows servers so <laughs> so you fully watched these preppers too Oh yeah, no, I've I've watched the preppers, and I I know what we're capable of without going crazy, and what makes sense to do, and what doesn't. Like going completely all off grid is not necessarily possible. Is is not possible, especially not with the lifestyle and how I make my money. Um, right. But some of their tips on how to protect your chickens mm. from predators, or how to build auto feeders so you don't have to go out and do x and y for your chickens all the time yeah that's that's huge <laughs> you know um or or you know here's well no our chickens aren't meat chickens our, our chickens are egg chickens when the time yeah. comes we're gonna be living off of eggs i understand that <laughs> but eggs are pretty nutritionally complete because our chickens aren't eating nothing but corn right you know, our I'm watching my chickens eat greens and eat bugs and things in the, and so they're, the chickens have probably better, my chickens have better nutrition than probably I do in some ways. Um, but, and they, they should become, if I ever let them, they will become self-sustaining. Yeah. Right. That, that if I let Lorge do his thing and the chickens hatch their own eggs suddenly i have chickens making more chickens which is the whole goal here right right <laughs> that's the fucking point right so so that that's the sort of thing you can possibly do to to make it better if you've got things that can self-sustain it's a big difference versus i'm like the the bunker preppers who are like i have to be able to live in this bunker here for 10 years when the communists come and and blow everything up, yeah, th that's a lot different than those of us who expect to be on the surface here, gang. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. To be honest, I feel like um, we're gonna bring this back to cooking somehow. I'm I'm gonna land this plane. Oh, dude, you know I'm gonna be the guy who's like, all right, now that you've got your dent corn, let me tell you what you can do with your dent corn. <laughs> Like, no, seriously, like with regards to cooking, mm -hmm. I feel like um, 
the whole prepper mentality is really smart. I, I think so. Now, I, I was reading a, a fantastic thing on um, – not reading. I was watching a thing about how they were using the big fucking, you know, 80-gallon pressure cooker to um, can meat. Yeah. Like suddenly – so here are our jars, your ball jars with beef stew in them. That you, they did in the pressure in this big pressure cooker and canned it so that it cooks the stew in the jar and now the jar can be set on the shelf for up to a year. Yep. Right there, there are several winter meals. That's the sort of thing you can do if you have the space and the time. It takes eighteen hours. But so what? Yeah. But you know, if that's if you're off grid, if you're living that lifestyle where yes, all I have to do is maintain. Uh, the heat so that I, so that the big fucking pressure, the big fucking canning pressure cooker stays under pressure all that time. Eh, you know, it's fine. It's fine. Yeah. I can't do that in my kitchen because where the fuck am I going to put an 18 gallon also, industrial? You have an electric stove and I have an electric stove. That's going to cost <laughs> how much money? Yeah, no, really. Um, but you know, I could buy a tub of propane and, I think that's what they're using actually is the is propane and a and a, a the big steel like the burner you get for the for the turkey turkey fryer for, for, for the turkey fryer yeah except instead it's a cast iron pressure cooker underneath it right or on top of it not underneath it on top of it on top of it yeah so and you're not even drinking <laughs> no I'm not no I'm not um. But I keep looking at this tea going, I can't wait to make this tea. And, <laughs> and now we're okay. edging up on five hours. I mean, fuck. Why don't we take like a five minute break and then <laughs> you can make some tea and yes. I can turn on the AC because it's fucking hot in here. Because it's hot. Um, yes. Oh my God. I can't believe it's been four hours. Neither so, can I. It's almost five. Yeah, I know. I know. All right. Okay. So, all right. Break. You do the thing. I'm gonna go pee, and then you do that. We'll yes. Back back in. Yes. So yeah, uh, this tea, very different from what. I mean, I knew it. I know it's it now. probably so great. It's and I mean, it was only like I only like steep for like maybe a minute, maybe two. But I did the thing where that it tells you rinse the tea, right? Mm -hmm. Let's pour out the extra. And pour out the water and then apply water and let it steep for like maybe a minute or two. And if I tried to do this with any other loose leaf tea, I would probably be like, what the fuck? It would still be I, too strong or strong or whatever. I only steep for about 15 seconds. Uh, yeah. but Because the, the tea that I buy tends to be, you know, that like proper Chinese tea. Mm -hmm. um, and I tend to drink tea like basically all day long. I just dropped my phone. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> and this is why we put hard cases on our phones. Um, You're goddamn right. Yeah. Um, no, well, I mean, but that's the thing is there's the, the, the aging method is different. The, the processing method is different than, than the British or, um, or the Indians or the Indians. Yeah. It's, it's, it's aged, it's fermented, it's dried. It's not it, – it doesn't have – there's like an astringent back end on most British black teas, red trees, I guess, in, in the Chinese parlance, and um, that d isn't there with this. 
next time uh, only steep it for about like 15, 20 seconds and see the difference. I can mm-hmm. guarantee you that it's going to be a like life changer. Well, I'm, I'm looking at, at, you know, like these, these pellets are so small um, because it's the pressed tea. Um, Pu'er is the okay. pressed, the pressed cakes of tea, but they're little cakes and I'm only using about half a cake. So I'm like, you know, I could just take this, like I could put one in half a cake in the, in the, in my, my teacup and just add my tea mug and just add water all day long. But that's what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. That's why you only do it for 15 seconds because mm-hmm. the thing is, is that it does this weird thing where like it gets more bitter if you overbrew it. Yes. Yeah. So go like a lot shorter in your steeping time mm-hmm. and I can mm-hmm. probably guarantee you that it's going to taste a lot better. Well, one of the things I noticed in China and I love the tea in China, right? Mm-hmm. Whereas I can't stand it here. Like American. Yeah. Yeah. Um, either it, one, we oversteep. Um, yeah. Two, um, the tea they use tea bags. Well, we use tea bags, but even when we use loose leaf tea, right? We don't rinse it. We don't no, do a no. rinse. You have to rinse it because right. that's how you get the mm-hmm. dust off. Yep. Um, we don't. Um, even even when we do that, we oversteep. Like I said, um, we don't let it age. Right. It is, it is immediately, it is like that is dried and then crumbled or whatever and put in the bag, whether it's a tea bag or whether it's just a bag of, or tin of loose leaf or whatever, and then we ship it. There's no aging. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Pu'er, like, they're like, yeah, it's like shelf life. The older, the better. Literally, that's what it says on the bag. I'm like, yeah, well, all right then. Yeah. Give it more time Mm -hmm. and it'll develop more flavor. Mm Mm-hmm. But even even then, I'm tasting this in with American teas, with American black tea or British black tea. There's always that bitterness, always, yeah. no matter how long I do or don't um, steep it, yeah. right? And the cold is if it, as it gets colder, that that flavor just gets stronger, like that um, tannic kind of, mm-hmm. like- yeah, yeah, from the tannins, yeah, 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 yeah. And that never happened with the Chinese teas. Yep. While I was while I was there, and especially like uh, milk tea, black yeah. tea with milk. I'm sure it was yak milk. Fucking amazing. Couldn't drink it here. Could not yeah. stand it with American teas. But there, where it's it's oh my god, it was. I was just like, yes, this is great. Either it was the altitude fucking with me because altitude changes your taste, changes yeah. flavors. Or there was something fundamentally different. Now that I've got this tea on hand, there was something fundamentally different. It's sort of like that masala chai. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, when people say chai tea, I hate them. Because that's literally translated as tea tea. Yeah. Yeah. Um, also, fuck you. <laughs> uh, but like, when you make proper masala chai, mm-hmm. um, you put in cloves and ginger yes. and fucking uh nutmeg and uh what's the other one cardamom and oh, God, fennel cardamom. and black pepper and you let it all boil together because you have to boil the fuck out of it oh yeah uh, a proper assam tea is mm-hmm. boiled to hell and back um yeah 
And then milk. And then chai tea latte. Go fuck yourself. I hate you. (laughs) Instant chai tea latte. Yeah. (laughs) And they have the fucking nerve to do it at the Starbucks. And I'm like, I hate every single individual one of you. Yes. Just, just, yeah, no, don't, don't, please don't, please. Please don't. I understand your whiteness in doing this, but um, please. But I'm not happy about it. But I, yeah, but I don't have to be happy about it. It's like, oh my God, it's like China is not a coffee culture. Thank you. Period. Absolutely not. And so I brought, I took my own coffee with me. Um, As you should. Yeah. uh, But it was these, um, these women, uh, this group of women, I think they were going to Mount Kailash. Holiest mountain in the world, by the way. Um, Kailash. Kailash. Yes. It's in Tibet. You know it, right? Mm-hmm. Where the where the all the holy rivers come from. And mm-hmm. yeah. Um so yeah, I, I kind of been there. Um but You went there? I mean, we went as close as we could get without having to go on the pilgrimage and actually circum circumambulate it, but yes, we, I've seen it in person from a distance. Yes. That's amazing. Yeah, it's like, yeah, we we were <laughs> on we were at fucking Rongbuk Monastery at the basically in the foothills that is part of Everest. So, yeah. Wow. Yeah, did you not see the photo? Oh, that's right. You're not you I don't think you follow on the Twitter, so I don't think you saw my photos of dawn at Everest. Yeah, no, I don't do Twitter. Yeah, so yeah, no. So yeah, we we we've, we've yeah, no. Kailash, beautiful. Beautiful. I think much more interesting. Uh the peak is much more interesting I think than than uh, Everest. Um same neighborhood. So we, you know, we saw it. Um but uh, uh, there's these women, and they're just like confused in the the tea shop next to the or the little, I guess, food and tea place next to the hotel that they're like uh, coffee, and they're like, what? What's that? Yeah, and I want to say you are not in fucking um, Lhasa anymore. anymore, Dorothy. Well, no, these these there were Europeans, um, but it's like, yeah, no, in Lhasa, if I asked for coffee, I'd probably get coffee because Lhasa is an international city, and they're used to, and. Tourism is a big it business. Is. Yeah. Um, but out in the middle of nowhere where the electricity only works from 7 p.m. to midnight every day, yeah. um, you're not going to get coffee. So I like gave them one of my half jars of instant coffee that tastes good. That's literally the name of it. Yeah. And it does. It, it is instant coffee that doesn't suck. Um, but that's still not the same. Right? No. But I, I mean, I'm like having black tea there and it's like, this is great. It's tea. It's milk tea. Yeah, but it's good. Why is it good? <laughs> right. Well, because mm-hmm. it's good because um, you're getting it from the source. Right. Well, not exactly. I wasn't actually – it wasn't like I was in Yunnan. But um, but I was in a place where tea is understood and, and how it's made is, is very – not made, prepared – how it's prepared is it's is prepared. very very different than than what we're used to because Which apparently we've been doing it wrong. <laughs> y'all, no seriously, yeah, this is a crying shame that y'all don't know how to make tea properly. And and by y'all, you mean um, if I may be so blunt, white people. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I don't mean to shade. No, people, no. But like, here I am shading people. Yeah. Well, because the thing is, is that y'all could do better. 
And I mean, yeah, Tetley iced tea with all the sugar in the world. Yeah, there's something about it, but that may also be why oh, I have diabetes. Sweet tea, I love sweet tea. Yes. Uh, uh, iced tea without sugar, I need you to go die now. Unsweet tea, yes. That's not okay. Yeah. Like, the- you present me with fucking iced tea without sugar in. Um, no, I'm your counsel. You can you can tell when someone is not from around here and and from certain parts north and west uh, is because they they ask for they ask for iced tea and when it comes in proper southern form which is that as, as a diabetic I can't get within three feet of it without worrying about my pancreas giving out yeah um that they look at you funny like what is wrong with you and they're like oh, oh honey down here y'all have to remember that it's unsweet tea um. And that all iced tea is sweet tea down here. Uh, sweet tea is a thing. And yes. I'm sorry, but like if you serve it to me unsweetened, I'm going to need to remove your toe preemptively. <laughs> See, if you, yeah, if you serve it to me unsweetened, I'm just not going to drink it. And if you serve it to me right. sweetened, I'll, I'll take the risk on the toe if that's all I've got. <laughs> I mean, uh, you know, if it's uh, if if I have another choice of something to drink that is not sweet tea and not unsweet tea, I'll take it. But if my choice is between sweet or unsweet, I'm going to have the sweet tea. There's no other option. No, um, although, because, to be honest, I'm probably going to order vodka and tonic anyway. Yeah, and and interestingly enough, suddenly I have to have boiled water around. Why? Because in China, all the water is boiled. And everything is boiled water because you can't drink the water. Even in the cities, you don't want to drink the water straight out of the tap. So I have a Russian friend mm-hmm. uh, who differentiates between raw water and. <laughs> yeah. No. Okay. Okay. Cooked water. Mm-hmm. And they do not like, they will not drink raw water. It has to be boiled. Yeah. Every, every, Period. Everywhere in China, hot water was available. Airports. In New York City, no less. Yeah. In New York City, yeah, New York City, which has the best municipal water on the planet. Which is the most delicious water that I've ever tasted. Like, do people not understand how amazing New York City water is? And and how much work goes into making New York City water as good as New York City water is. There's a whole episode about the pro- of, of Radiolab, I think, on the processing of the water and how entire ecosystems are involved under the city. Yeah. Yeah. No, it is. It is. <clears throat> believe me, this is it is pure, capable of sustaining life water. It is amazingly good water. Um, and it tastes so good. Yeah, I mean, uh, the only thing I, I have that rivals it so far is what comes right out of my fucking well. But wait, your well tastes that good? My yes, my well is—I uh, mean, it's a five hundred foot well with a three hundred foot draw. That water is, and it comes up ice cold. That water is beautiful. So apparently I need to move. <laughs> yeah, no. Yeah. Plus we're I'm not we're not worried about water insecurity because we're going to be in the tropical zone when everything right. happens. So it's not so much a question of uh, it's a question of are we collecting enough water during the rainy season to get through the very short drier season. But it's not going to be desert. It's just going to be the less rainy season apparently. 
Nice. Yeah. So um, I guess uh, the the Indian uh, India has a, a monsoon season and a not monsoon season, but the yeah. not monsoon season isn't dry. It's no, just it's, less it's wet. Basically, just humid. Yeah, and less wet. Yeah, that's what we're gonna get. And it's so hateful, and I hate it. And yeah, I'm glad that I never have to go back to that godforsaken <laughs> country ever again. Except for vacation. No, never. Mm. Well, all right then. I'm good. I yeah. I like living in the USA. I'm. Mm-hmm. I like living to be in the honest, South. Yeah. I wish this country were better. Yeah, don't we all? Um, but it's still better than India. <laughs> I was going to say, in a lot of ways, it still beats the alternative. I was talking the hell up out of China just a little while ago. Right. Yeah. I really was. But the truth is that um, the the opposite truth is that there are you are watched everywhere. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Food is easy and cheap to get. But orange cat. Yeah. There she goes again. Um, but it doesn't matter um, where you are. You are being watched. You're being observed. You are being listened to um, that even even in especially in Tibet, any opinion that isn't at least around Lhasa that isn't very specific in line with the party things is a problem. Right. Um, well, remember what's that? Wait, seriously? Uh, like, you know that, uh, well, Tibet is an occupied country. It is technically, it is, it it is, it is recognized as part of China, but it is China's Tibet. It is an occupied country. And like, the Dalai Lama can't live there because if the Dalai Lama goes back to Tibet, the Chinese government will arrest him because he doesn't believe the Chinese government is supreme. Oh. Right? They will arrest him and throw him in jail or worse. Um, oh. This is this is true of most of the Lamas uh, that are or that no longer live. They are not, they will not accept that Tibet is an independent or they they firmly believe Tibet is an independent country and that the people need to be freed and that they are not Chinese subjects or part of the the overall China. Um, that is the political reality. That's why the Free Tibet Movement. Tibet is a, an occupied country. A uh, free Tibet with an equal or lesser yes Tibet. <laughs> yeah. Um, so the but the the whole thing is yeah. So there are are military checkpoints all through Tibet that you have to go through. Right. You all had to pass through? Yes. And we had to provide our, we had to, we had papers about why we were in Tibet and that part of Tibet and also our passports. And so they knew. Um, And there were, there are parts of Lhasa proper, um, particularly around the courtyard that the monks like to set themselves on fire in as a protest because it's the only protest they have against the Chinese government. I'm sure you've heard about that. The, wow. The, no, the, I haven't. Yeah, so so yeah, the Tibetan Buddhist monks will go outside the the monastery, would go outside the monastery, will douse themselves in kerosene, will sit down and light themselves on fire. And that is a, that is the only protest, the only form of protest they have against the Chinese government, the occupation of of Tibet. Oh my god. Yeah. You you weren't aware of that. No, I this yeah. is new to me yeah so there there are now checkpoints around that entire temple and pretty much to get into any of the major holy sites places in lhasa um 
where there are uh, metal detectors and x-rays. And you put your bag in and you go through and you're not allowed to take lighters or clear liquids through. Like, you want to take a bottle of water through? No, not going to happen. They know and are tracking everybody who goes in and, and, every, and when, right? <clears throat> they are watching. There is a police presence in that area at all times. Like it's a police state. It is literally, yeah. Lhasa, Lhasa itself is a is a police state much more than the rest of of <clears throat> Tibet feels, um, because Lhasa is obviously the capital of Tibet, and so it's where the palaces, where the the Dalai Lama's palaces are, and all that sort of thing. So it's it's it feels much more like an occupied police state. Right, much, ah. much more so than than the rest of it. That doesn't mean that you there isn't a vibrant knife life, and you can't go out to dinner, and all that. It just means that if you happen to express the wrong opinion or do the wrong thing, you're probably going to go away. You're going to get erased. Yeah. You you do not take pictures of the police. Period. Exclamation point. If you take pictures of the police, they will take you away. If you're lucky, all they'll do is destroy the camera and the picture. Uh, if you're not, you go into a hole somewhere. I mean, it's it's oh a police state. Yeah. No, it's 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 very clear. This is this is it is a police state. It is very very specific and um, very oppressive. Very at least in that area. Like for the tourists, you wouldn't hardly notice because tourism is huge, and China understands that there's a big money maker in people coming to these into Tibet to see these holy sites, right? Whether the Tibetan people themselves are treated with respect or whether there's uh, enough access there. Like I said, there, there are two sides to it on the one China's putting a huge capital investment in it to make sure everybody has food to make sure, you know, to, which should be happening, right. To, to improve infrastructure so that there's uh, cell service or electricity. Like a couple of these cities, we were complaining. We only had electricity from 7 PM to midnight. Yeah. Two, three years ago, we wouldn't even have had electricity period. Wow. Right? That's that's the sort of investment that China China can go in and just build new neighborhoods because they can. They right? have the money. But the side of, but the but the the trade-off is that they're not a free society, that they you are under some form of constant surveillance, that they will that they you have an ID card that they are tracking and you you go through checkpoints on the regular. Right? Fuck. Right? So it's 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 a double-edged. There there are two sides <clears throat> to that one. Um Pros and cons. Uh, someone actually asked us on Twitter. They, they, Ursula's like, you know, here's the thing. And somebody's like, well, so how does it feel to be in a surveillance state? Uh, like exactly like being at home. And her response was, I have no opinion at this time. Hmm. Cause I, I, because you're sitting in a surveillance state. Somebody's asking you what it's like to be in a surveillance state. And we're, if you, but we're in one. Yeah. Well, yeah, but we're in one, but not quite. To that level. Not quite as obvious or to that level, right? Like, I don't have to show my papers when I go from North Carolina to South Carolina. No, because you live in North Carolina and right. not Arizona, where my parents had to do that shit all mm-hmm. the time. Right, but I, I, but even then, I don't have to show my papers, like... Because you know about that, right? Oh, yeah, 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 I'm aware, I'm aware. I'm sorry, you're, yeah, they're not... They're too brown, so they look like they were. were they- My parents literally had to show their papers um, m- several many times, and it was fucking not cute. Right, and and is it because? And let's <laughs> let's be honest, it's because they're brown. 
Yeah. Right. And, and if they were lighter skinned, like I mm-hmm. am, yeah, I've never been stopped for that kind of thing. Right. Uh, but they were because they're they're dark. Yes. And they and uh, uh, there was a, a, a local band or one of the bands I follow. And this story is on Instagram. They were pulled over. Like the cop was looking for a reason to pull them over. Uh, they were pulled over right. uh, just outside uh, Knoxville, right? And the cop was, like, wanted to know the immigration status. This is in fucking Tennessee, of their driver. Right? Yeah. Like, and I'm like, well, one, um, he's, he's, one, he's, just because he's brown doesn't mean he, he was like trying to find out, are you Mexican? No, the guy was American from Arizona. Yeah. Right. But, uh, you know, immediately. Well, so, so what if he was? Yeah. Well, so what if he was? Well, are you Mexican? <laughs> well, are you here legally? That was exactly where he was going with it. Like, oh, yeah, exactly. That is the level of, of shit. Despite the fact that the food is phenomenal. That's coming over that, the, the the family, the whole idea of family and keeping families together in in terms of Latino culture is so amazing, and yet, and, and yet, here we are. Yes, uh, we are so far away from food right now. <laughs> we are not talking about food. How do we draw, how do we bring this back to food? Here's the thing. Is that with regards to cooking, right? Um, I I think we need to all take a step back and understand that these cultures that we borrow from um, happened thousands of years ago. Okay, yeah. Um, And that... it's really special that we have the privilege of being around immigrants. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, there was a point and I'm talking about it a lot cause it's the most recent experience. There, there's a point where we're standing um, like literally over the mountains from where we were was India. Mm-hmm. Now that was several kilometers away, but like I'm staring, you know, a hundred kilometers away there are the mountains and on the other side of those giant fucking mountains is India. And they're like, oh yes. And these are the, the caves that the, the, uh, Indian Buddhists came to, to learn how to meditate and invent yoga. Yeah. And I'm like, oh wait, you're confirming that, that, that actually, that isn't just Tibetan propaganda that you were literally there. Yeah. I have photos. Yeah. So they're like, yeah, um, if if those cross-cultural things weren't happening, like the world wouldn't be such a rich place. Yes, the Tibetan, no. the, 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 the bone monks in Tibet really worked hard at developing and, and understanding like meditation and things. And 3,000 years before like monks in, in Europe were taking vows of solitude, um, proto-Buddhists from India were coming to learn from the bone priests in tibet yeah right and and there's a whole uh, like all of those cultures are are mixed Uh, the the food we get in thailand thai food oh my god thai food wait until you see what happens in thailand with the indians 
Right. Well, no, but that's the thing. Like, India comes up with Buddhism and brings all of the spices and the curries and you mix that with the with the the basil and the oh my god the chilies the chilies from i mean those came later with the spanish i think so with thailand mm -hmm. um they adopted um one of our epic national books um as their own right and they were like this is ours now yeah uh the ramayana mm -hmm. is um a national epic in Thailand, period. Right, and all the all the emperors and the kings and the rest of it, they all call themselves Rama. Yeah, and you don't insult the Thai royal family. <clears throat> no, but the no. thing is, is that they they took our culture mm -hmm. and they used it as their own, which was fucking fantastic because the thing is is that like yes thank you yeah well i mean you look at tibetan buddhism and tibetan buddhism is really a a there's a hybrid going on there between traditional buddhism and the bone religion that was sort of the indigenous religion of tibet you, yeah you look at um at, at what's happening in uh like all the cross-cultural things not just because of Buddhism, but all of the interactions and the way the food has migrated with the people, with the religions, and how it's all so tightly intertwined, right? And here it is. Yeah, absolutely. So, and, God, and now I'm going to have to go find a fucking curry. <laughs> Kevin, yes? let me cook for you. Oh, I, I know. legit make this happen. It's just that it's a 12-hour drive. I have to work in the morning. <laughs> I can come down. It's a thing. Yeah, no, after the summer, believe me, we should do that. After the summer, when the guest room isn't occupied, you should come down yeah. at least for a weekend. I will fully come down yes. and I will cook for you guys um, until you cannot eat anymore and your stomachs go explodey and I'm good. There you go. There you go. Yes. Um, and uh, and for those of you who are, who are listening at home, you uh, not everyone is welcome. I'm sorry. It's just we can't fit everybody in here. And some of you have to travel a lot. And and I'm sure some of you are allergic to dogs and cats. And that's a real problem in this house. If you're allergic <laughs> to cats or dogs, you don't want to be in this house. Um, poor Liz. Poor Liz was like doped up on allergy medicines the entire time she was living yeah. here. Um, but it's the South and it's full of pine pollen. So she's doped up on allergy meds no matter what. Also, I'm also allergic to cats and dogs. Um, yeah, so, and yeah. So probably I'm going to be on Allegra the entire time. <laughs> oh, Allegra. Allegra's the bomb. Allegra. I like take one every morning just because it's the only way to survive down here. So, yeah. Because everything is terrible. Well, no, because, <laughs> because uh, at least uh, it, the pollen rotates. So, like, we missed pine pollen season where it blows in, like, great green drifts like clouds. Um, but, you know, ragweed, um, uh, oak pollen. Oh, the fucking oak pollen. Um, there's... Uh, in the wet seasons, we have to worry about molds, you know that, and I've had allergy attacks and I just don't want them. So it's like, you know what? I'm just going to take a preventative every day. Yeah. Let's just go. Yeah. Just, just have that antihistamine and not worry about it. But legit, mm -hmm. um, kitchen stuff, right? Kitchen stuff. Absolutely. 
Mm-hmm. It's not as bad as you think it's going to be. It's going to be fine. Oh, yeah. You will be okay. At the end of the day, um, also, Kevin, yeah? let's tell your listeners. Yes. Um, if you're trying to figure out what the fuck to do, email me. Oh, absolutely. You know, like, mm-hmm. let me know what you're going through so that I can help you. Oh, yeah. No, and I, I, that is, that is, I think, one of the, the ongoing most generous offers there is. Like, um, and a couple of people have done it now, uh, but I think you were really the first. Um, you know, if you're, if you're going through the rough thing, if you need a little help figuring some of this stuff out, just email me. I Come talk to me. Yes. Yeah, no one... Um, there's if and and let me be honest i don't know how many people out there may have uh uh personal food insecurity issues there are resources out there i mean don't take it as a pride thing you need to eat your kids need to eat and if you're hungry um there are ways for you to get fed and we we are more than willing to help right yeah yeah and if it means sending you some money so be it it's fine yeah i got your back well, yeah. Let me know what the fuck is going on with your life so that I can help you out. Yeah, I mean, one of the things I notice ongoing on Mastodon, since uh, I have a Mastodon, the, there's a Mastodon server. Those of you who, I, I have a red, the red wombat.social is, is where I live. It's federated to everybody else, but again, you know, registration closed. Um, but the whole idea is I, I notice people who are like, you know what, I'm, I'm, I'm having a bad month. I, I can't make I, my choices are my meds or food. Can I help out? And there's this whole very generous community out there <clears throat> that of people taking care of each other. And I and think that's we'll huge. Help out. Yeah. Legit. We will. Yeah. And, and I think between, uh, between hospitality, between understanding that we're all human, that we all need to eat, that we all need, you know, those basic needs. Um, I think it's important to continue to reinforce that kindness, that civility and that hospitality. Right. I call it basic human yeah. everything. Where it's like someone's hungry, you fucking feed them. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. If you're hungry, you show up and I will feed you. Uh, there is no question about it. Like, it makes me so angry that, like, people don't understand that importance. And I, I, I it's it's a point of privilege i think a lot of the people who who don't understand that point are so are have never truly been hungry right no i mean i've i've been to the point where the only thing i could afford to eat was a loaf of bread and a stick of butter and that was my meal for the day right i've been there right i've i've you know um kevin i've not cooking kale stems and yeah stems not the kale or the collard greens the stems. Yeah. No, there was there. there was there was a point where the only reason Ursula and her ex-husband were getting uh any food at all or any any protein at all was because he worked as a cook and was able to get the the leftovers at the end of the shift. Yeah. Right? <clears throat> I mean, it's ridiculous that you work in the food industry and the only way you're able to eat is if there's something left over where you work. And it makes me so angry that yeah. food is a commodity. It's not okay. It shouldn't be. 
It really should be. I mean, well, in, in America's capitalism, everything's a commodity, but we won't get into that right now because you'll be in tears and I'll just be viciously angry. Oh, I'll already in tears. Yeah, um, yeah. That's a, because the thing is, it's like, we have humans. Right. Who are living on this planet. Um, and we have all the resources to feed them. So why aren't we feeding them? And I think it, it, it's even more frustrating when we have all the resources and those resources are, are like being wasted in, in this country alone. Some of those resources are actively being denied to the people who need them. That's the part that pisses me off. It's like, yeah. well, we could feed you, but we're choosing not to. It's, it's very similar to the, um, during the 80s, there was that whole big feeding Ethiopia thing, mm-hmm. right? And, but there were two problems with it. The first was that um, what was being sent was not necessarily appropriate or good for the people of Ethiopia, right? Um, the second problem is that sending over crates of food was a bad idea because there was no infrastructure for distributing it. Yeah. Right? Now, in this country, we have the infrastructure. We have the surplus. We have all of it. Why the fuck are we so resistant to it? Well, are we not doing the thing that we should be doing in the first place? Absolutely. Absolutely. Which is feeding our neighbors. Yeah. um, Yes. Um, Feeding our neighbors. Feeding feeding the stranger on the street even yeah. i mean technically that's our neighbor thank you guys let's not forget that and for those of you with the christian bent remember that that what you do for the least you do also for me right i can't remember that. i'm i'm misquoting where, the fuck where, out where'd that come from that's that's biblical right there <laughs> right there's there's a whole parable about how um the lord said he was coming to this guy's house and so the guy prepares the feast, and a beggar shows up, and he throws him out because it's, he's he's waiting for the Lord, and and you know the 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 Roman soldier shows up, and he says, "No, no, 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 you can't come in, you can't have food. I'm waiting for the Lord." And then, like later, he's like, "Lord, you never showed up. Why didn't you?" He says, "Because I was the beggar. I showed up this entire fucking time. I showed time. up. Yes. What the fuck is this point? Right. Exactly. And and that's that's the lesson right there is that." You are taking if if you're a Christian and you're not feeding the hungry, you are doing it fucking wrong, right? If yeah. You, if you are are not taking care of sick people, you're doing it wrong. Um, yeah. If if yeah, I can I can I can spend days on this, and it pisses me off because the place of privilege that that comes with it is, and I'm, I'm in that place right now is that I have enough to eat. I got mine. You don't get yours. That's some bullshit. So many Christians have this attitude where it's like, um, fuck you. Cause I got mine. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't like that because that's not how Jesus was. No, Jesus, Jesus was the one hanging out with the lepers and the whores and the tax collectors that no one else wanted to hang out with. And, you know, yes, when there wasn't enough, when, when there wasn't enough food, the the famous parable, when there wasn't enough food, right? We have 12, we have, uh, what was it? So many loaves and so many fishes. Uh, He's like, nope, everybody's going to eat. And boom, everybody ate. Period. 
everyone's going to eat. Right. Period. Not, I got mine, so y'all just get, get to go hungry. It was, no, here's the miracle that we're going to feed everybody right now. Yeah, no, uh, that's, it's not, we're going to feed those who approve. It's not, we're going to feed who's uh, the in the crowd. that we like. The people that we like. Nope. Everybody who's here, 5,000 people. I th- this is, this is of course working off memory and I'm not looking at the exact parable or whatever yeah. the story or whatever, but it's like, yep. Nope. Uh, we only have so much food. So we're just, um, yeah, just, just start breaking it up and giving it up. I'm going to multiply it and yep. here is what's going to happen. Yeah, just don't pay attention. Just start handing out the food so that people can eat. And because that's what you fucking, because do. that's what you do. Yeah. It wasn't well. If if y'all didn't show up to church, I guess I'm not gonna feed you, right? Um, right. Um, hell. Um, we went. I went. My ex and I went to an AME church, an African Methodist Evangelical, um, as part of a sort of a culture exchange thing between the white folk and the black folk. Because down here, there's still the black church and the white church, and they're not the same church. Um, even if they're both Southern Baptists, there's the white Southern Baptists and there's the black Southern Baptists. And that's just how it is right now, because the South, despite technically not being segregated, is still kind of segregated. Yeah. Anyway, but after the service, there was a meal. And it yeah. it, it, it always happens. It doesn't matter. Everybody, like, we were guests. We weren't expected to bring anything, but they may, they were incredible. The people at this church were incredibly generous with these strangers. Right. And it didn't yeah. matter if you showed up to church. It didn't matter if you were a regular or whatever you could eat. I, I wouldn't be and surprised. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if somebody just showed up a little late after the service ended and they were like, oh, well just come on down and have some, some lunch. So that's what you do. Well, because that's how the Hindu weddings are. Where yeah. Oh my God. Like yeah. You have randos walking in off the street um, and you feed them yeah. because they showed up. And that's what they you showed up. And that's what you do. You feed people. You feed people and make sure that they're yes. gonna be okay. And that um, and uh. this whole bullshit about like you have to have permits and how dare you? How yeah, no. fucking dare you? And and how dare you call yourself a Christian if your first thought on someone feeding the hungry is y'all can't do that? That is not right. Fuck yeah. you. Yeah. No. And, and the thing is, is that Kevin, mm-hmm. I I am so happy that you understand exactly where I'm coming from. Like it's almost oh. like you know who I am at a spiritual level. It's it's it's. It's about being a human being and not. And it's about being kind. Yes. You're, you're the one who is telling me I should put, I'm trying to make the world a kinder place on my resume. So. (laughs) Yeah. Because that's who I am. Yeah. I just, I just want to make this world a kinder place. Um, And then when we arrest people for, Doing what we should be doing in the first place. We should be doing the first place. place. Yeah. Ew. I'm done. Uh, Yeah. You know what? Fuck you, police. Fuck you. And on that note, folks, it's it's we're we're edging up at five and a half hours now, dude. (laughs) (laughs) Um, we have a crap ton of notes, and again, we have that 
wonderful offer of if if you need it, if you you need help or advice or or something to to reach out to Dino. Um, I will relink your email. I have a whole fuck ton of notes of just yeah. not even not even like my usual line of notes. It's just like link to this, link to this, link to this. Here's all this equipment. Um, from the sober and and more and and more on track portion of the <laughs> <discussion>. <laughs> um but seriously folks if if you need um if you need a, a shoulder to to lean on or or someone to talk to or just like hey how do i help deal with this uh, we're we're kind of both here I'm here for you. Right. Yeah. I'm 110% here for you. I mean, I, I, I do my best to keep up. Um, so I don't try to make 110%. I will listen. I can't guarantee a response. That is unfortunate. I'll reply. Yeah. You'll reply. Time. Yeah. I, I, unfortunately, it's like, oh man, I, now you write me a letter for the show. It might end up on the show. I'm just, I'm just saying, but, um, and remember, that's how that's how Dino got started on this wild track. Is he wrote me a fucking novel? Um, <laughs> you always write me novels, and it's great, even if I can't I respond do. in 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 quite such format. It's just like, let me go. Oh, dude, yeah, here we go. You know, I, I bullet point a little more, um, but uh, it's always fantastic. If you, if you think I'm chatty uh, in in person, uh, wait till you see my emails. Oh my god, yeah, they are epic. <laughs> poor Ursula's like you, you can't you have to edit that one you can't read the whole thing on I know I can't read the whole thing dear just reading that email is an episode by itself yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna have to so break this one into fucking Kevin, three episodes do it. yeah yeah I'm gonna have to break this into three fucking episodes <laughs> we're five and a half hours this is a new record there's no Ursula here going you know you should stop soon um, <laughs> at some point <laughs> it's 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 much more Wait. like i said i'm gonna have to go get dinner at some point so is it fully five and a half hours we are at at, at five hours and yeah uh 529 oh my god yeah yeah i'm so sorry i didn't mean no to... no it's fine it's fine we we do this dance every time folks just not gonna, <laughs> we do this dance. holy shit what do you mean it's been three hours yeah no um Plus, you're into what your third cocktail now? Uh, fifth. Fifth. <laughs> See, look at that. One an hour, and it goes by so fast. It was like I'm like, oh shit! How did it get to be five thirty? Last time I looked at it, it was like three. <laughs> what the fuck? We do this every time, folks. I mean, even even a couple last times, we would stop recording just for the show, and then we'd keep going, and Ursula would have to like pry me off. Going, yeah. Um, don't worry, the the cat will pry me off soon because she's going to want to be fed too. Yeah. So. As you do. Absolutely. So. I adore you, Kevin. Thank you so much for oh, all of this. Absolutely. And uh, thank you for making the time to, to, to hang out and just shoot the, shoot the shit about cooking and all that other stuff. I have a title for the episode. Cooking oh, and all that other stuff with Dino. To be honest, yeah? we should do this again. Oh, yeah. Yeah. In a because we didn't cover shit. Like we barely got through <laughs> we anything yeah. after. I think we're going to have to look at after August because we've got, um, we've got AnswerCon 
San Diego Comic Con, Worldcon, and Bubonicon coming up. So, yeah, that's fine. Yeah. So let's plan for after August. Absolutely. Because uh, we really need to do this again because we never actually talked about cooking. <laughs> I mean, we did, but we didn't. So, <laughs> all right, dude. Um, Up to you, Kevin. All right, yeah. Um, and for those of you at home, I guess I'll be right back for, what, the second or third time? I don't know how many episodes <laughs> I'll break this into. So. We are back. Really, Dino makes such generous offers about uh, helping people and talking to people and all that good stuff. I really appreciate that, and I think you guys do too. So, I realized when I was putting together the show notes that way back in the first episode, I would get to my grandmother's pickled egg recipe. Susan, I can hear you yelling from here. My, my cousin Susan, uh, who all, who's the one who shared this recipe with me, but it's so good. I don't want to keep it to myself. It's, it's something I love, and it has childhood memories associated with it, and I make it in the middle of winter, even though it's sort of a summertime food. And it's really easy. You take uh, however many hard-boiled eggs, you peel them, you put them in a vessel of some sort. I usually use like a gallon jug with a wide mouth. And then you add, and I'm going to do this in parts instead of cups, because like one cup each sugar, vinegar, and water is going to be maybe a lot more than you need, right? So what I say is one part water to one part sugar to one part white vinegar, not the fancy stuff, not the apple stuff, the white vinegar, and then, of all things, a can of beets. I've been using whole beets. We used to use sliced beets. Either way, it's fine. And you get those nice, purple, sweet and sour pickled eggs that just, they're they're a comfort food for me, and they're a comfort food for pretty much everybody in the family. So I hope you folks out there will appreciate that uh, that and uh, give them a try. Now that we're in the middle of summer and it's egg season for a lot of people and uh, all that stuff. If you're wondering why Ursula hasn't chimed in yet, she has gone to relax. It's the end of the day. She's gotten done everything she needs to do. So she's going to go play. I think she's playing The Raft, which is a, a resource collection building game, which is sort of her favorite thing. And so, you know, it's all good. Our badge code for this week is, guess what? Cooking three. All one word, cooking in the number three, and you can get the badge for this week. If you want to find out more about the badges we issue and open badges in general, you can go to productivityalchemy.com and click on the badges menu and, and look at the badge how to. It'll talk about all that good stuff. 
So, hey, that's it for this week. We are off for the next two weeks. We'll have a letter show when we come back. I'm really excited to hopefully get to meet many of you at Worldcon or Bubonicon coming up. Again, I'll have stickers. I'll have the cards with the I Met Kevin badge code. And so, you know, if you see me, unlike Anthrocon, where I'm going to be working all the time, say hi. Uh, I even had somebody... As we were walking through San Diego Comic-Con, raise up a fist and go tool at us. And that was just fantastic. That was just great. Uh, I love you guys. I have no idea who it was, whoever it was that like made my day. It was fantastic. So all that being said, remember you can support us on Patreon slash Ursula V uh, on Kofi slash K Sunny, or what I really want you to do is I want you, if you're going to give this month and you're not already a subscriber or something like that with a recurring payment, and even if you are, I want you to give that money to your local food bank or your local food charity. And let's feed some people this week. Let's feed some people this month. Uh, there's a big focus around November and December on giving money and giving food to the food banks and things like that. But the honest truth is that people need to be fed year round. It's something I'm passionate about. It's something Dino's passionate about and uh, take the time this month and help them out, please, because no one should go hungry. And on that note, folks, I hope you have a great, two weeks. We'll see you when we get back. And in the meantime, stay productive. <laughs>